sick, raise the dead, cleanse lepers, cast out demons. This is Healing the Whole Person on WSFI 88.5 FM, Catholic Radio. Welcome, everyone. Uh, this is Letty Medina, and I have the great honor of serving as host for this week's Healing the Whole Person. And I have the wonderful privilege of having a dear friend of mine, uh, Monique Stevens, in the studio with me today. And uh, the Lord put Monique on my heart when I was praying about who to invite to, to be part of this program. And Monique has a beautiful um, uh, ministry where she works with a priest from Rwanda. And she's going to share uh, a bit about her walk with him, her work with him, her own story of healing. And it's just, I think, going to be a beautiful hour for those of you who are tuning in. So welcome, Monique. Thank you so much, Letty. It's such an honor to be here and to be able to share Father Ubald's story with you and, and everyone. I'm excited. So it's it's a hard story. Um, it's, uh, you know, I think a lot of people struggle um, today with faith because of the difficult things that happen in the world. Sometimes, you know, wars or murders of different kinds, um, earthquakes, tsunamis, things like that. People often say, how can there be a God when there is so much suffering, right? But for those of us who have the gift of faith, we believe that God turns all things to good for those who love him. And I believe that's what this story is going to reveal in the next hour. Um, mm -hmm. So why don't we start off with a little bit about the Rwandan genocide. Give us a little brief history about it. Sure. As you mentioned, Father Ubald is from the country of Rwanda in Africa, and they, they went through a horrific genocide in 1994, and with the death of their, their president at that time, I would say it began in the early 1900s with the Belgian, Belgians came to colonize. Okay. They began to divide the different ethnic groups of Rwandans, and so um, there were three ethnic groups in Rwanda, the Hutu, the Tutsi, and the Twa, okay. who all lived in harmony, but with the colonization, uh, the, the Belgians began to distribute identity cards, ident identifying mm -hmm. which tribe they were with, which created division yeah. and ultimately unrest. Um, so really, uh, violence ensued in the 1960s. Uh, there was some political unrest, but then in, um, on April 6th, 1994, the genocide began where the Hutus took over the military and went basically on 100 days of slaughtering Tutsis and, and yep. were the majority that were, that were murdered. Um, one of the difficult things with that as well is the Hutus were also threatened. If they weren't volunteering to kill, they would have been killed themselves. So as a result, there was a lot of Hutus that were killed as well, okay. but the majority were Tutsi. I vaguely remember that part of history. You know, I remember seeing horrible things on the news, and it was, I remember being frightened by it. It's just, a, it was a it very was, scary time. You know, there was no discriminating. Babies were killed, the elderly were killed, all because of who, what you were. Mm -hmm. um, and it was 100 days, there was no place to hide. It, it was, 
it, horrific. Yeah. Um, I don't know, I'm sure you're familiar with Our Lady of Cabejo, yes. who was in Rwanda in 1981. She had appeared to some visionaries there and had warned the visionaries of the impending genocide and had told the visionaries there will be rivers of blood yes. throughout the country. And unfortunately, it came to pass in 1994. Yeah, terrible. But, but out of this terrible thing, the Lord has brought forth a beautiful priest who has a ministry of healing. So why don't we talk a little bit about Father Yubal? Sure. Uh, he was ordained in 1984, so prior to the genocide, and he pre- preached love and forgiveness. He was a very active pastor in his community and parish, um, had many parishioners. Um, in 1987, so about three years after his ordination, he began to notice that people, he would be praying for people for healing and all of a sudden people would be coming to him saying they had been healed after he had prayed with them. Mm, And so he noticed this more and more and decided to go to his bishop and say, I'm not really understanding this, but Mm -hmm. I feel like I'm praying with people and they come to me and they've been healed, miraculous healings. Mm -hmm. And so the bishop was super supportive of him and said, you know, this is not to be buried under a bushel basket. And and so he began to minister throughout the country, his country of Rwanda. in 1991, a few years after that, is when he received the gift of knowledge. Mm. So as Father always insists, he is not the one who heals, of course, right? Jesus is alive and Jesus is the one who heals. But with the gift of knowledge, he's been given to know what Jesus is healing at that time. So beautiful. So beautiful. So he travels throughout Rwanda now, especially now after the genocide where there's so much hurt and pain and the suffering and the tragedy that they've gone through, preaching the healing and forgiveness and um, trying to help his people to rebuild after such a horrific event. How beautiful. And so can you share a little bit about his journey through the genocide period? Sure. So unfortunately, father lost 80 members of his family and about 45,000 of his parishioners. So during the 100-day massacre, he was bringing people into his parish for protection. Mm -hmm. And they were were actually looking for a father to kill him Mm -hmm. and um, told him if he left that they would not kill the people that were in the parish, about 45,000. And so the bishop invited him to his home, and the bishop, so when he went to the bishop's house, they went in and they murdered the 45,000 that were, oh were there goodness. on the parish grounds. Uh, when he was at the par- with the bishop's home, he heard in prayer to flee, to escape, so that he could later on help his people. Wow. So he himself escaped in the middle of the night on foot all the way to Congo to escape the genocide. And that takes me back to, you know, the the message given to Joseph, take Mary take, and the yeah. baby and flee, right? That's how the Lord works. Absolutely. And, and for him, for him, he, he explains he was so tormented because he had been preaching love and love and joy and forgiveness so much. Heartbreaking. That, and to leave the parishioners and then to be, you know. Um, so at that time, it was very difficult. And he had to go through his own healing, which he eventually received in Lourdes before returning to his home country uh, to help others. But while he was in Lourdes, 
he was looking at the, one of the stations of the cross where Jesus is, is asked to carry his cross and meditated on that. And he heard the Lord say to him, Ubald, carry your cross. Oh my goodness. So just as Jesus didn't ask for this cross, but carried it for others. So Ubald felt the strength, the perseverance, and the healing to be able to return to his country and help all the survivors. Wow, that is inspirational and hard to believe after, I mean, that is a devastating loss. 45,000 parishioners he that did. he was the shepherd of this little flock, big flock. He loved his people, and then they were murdered in cold blood when they had been promised to be protected. Promised to be protected. And oh. he, you know, and just his self-reflection, he preached love. So how could this be, as you mentioned at the beginning? Yeah. But God's plan is, is greater than ours for sure. And so he returned and he began to preach everywhere, including in prison, about forgiveness and how we must forgive. So not only is he, and to ask for forgiveness, so not only is he speaking to the perpetrators, but the victims as well. One day he was preaching in the prison about forgiveness and a man stood up and said, I know you and I've heard you preach many times on forgiveness. And I'm here to tell you, I am the one that killed your mother. Oh my gosh. So of course, you know, father says it was deeply painful, but he knew in that moment he had to forgive or he would be a prisoner himself. So he walked up to Straton is the name of the man. And he embraced him and said, in the name of Jesus, because he needed Jesus's help, I forgive you. Oh my gosh. Very, very powerful. That ultimately created the conversion of Straton and everyone in the prison, including the guards, everyone. Um, he didn't know that at the time, but Father Ubald left that encounter. He cried, he said, but he said, you know, how do I really show this man that I truly did forgive him, that truly that came from the heart, and in Jesus' name I did forgive him? Our forgiveness has to come with mercy. We have to be merciful to the people we forgive. He says, forgive is not to forget, but it's to choose a new life, a new life of forgiveness. And so after that, he had learned that the, the wife of Straton, the man who murdered his mother, had died of cancer, leaving their two children to live with their aunt. Well, they had no money, and a man had come to Father Ubald and said, I just saw Stratton's son on the side of the road crying. He's been kicked out of school because he can't afford to pay for the school fees. And in that moment, Father says, oh my gosh, this is the moment where I can be merciful and show that man that I truly did forgive him. Bring his son to me. I will take care of him. So the son went to Father Ubald and he said, from now on, I will adopt you as mine. I will pay every school fee you have so that you can finish school. Wow. That is so mercy that was his action. act of mercy, which in turn converted the heart of the man in prison. Right. Because he was seeing, wow, Father really did forgive me for he gave the order to, to murder his his mother. So that is a powerful witness. Very powerful. And then the daughter eventually two years later graduated high school and passed the exams to enter college. And the aunt came to Father Ubald and said, you've, you've adopted the son, can you help us with the daughter? And Father was like, praise God, they, it's as if they have forgotten that they killed my mother, they're coming to me and giving me someone else, another oh one. Gosh. Yes, bring her to me, she is my daughter and I will help. 
That is amazing. Isn't it? Just, so it makes you really reflect on forgiveness. And, you know, as Father says, it's a really a block to the healing power of God. It's a block on your heart. Yes. And you think of, gosh, if Father was able through God's grace to forgive something and someone like that so genuinely. Yes. How can we not forgive our sister-in-law for that thing she did two years ago that I can't remember why I'm mad, but she wronged me in some way and I can't, you know, can't forget. Yeah. I mean, I hope the listeners um, are really paying attention to this because I hear over and over, you know, as I work uh, more and more in healing ministry myself, um, how often people struggle with forgiveness, right? I know I have struggled with forgiveness. For I, think, sure. I think most everybody struggles with forgiveness at some point in their journey. And um, it, it is like you're in a cage that you put yourself in when you refuse to forgive because um, it's hurting you. It's keeping you bound in a place of anger and bitterness and darkness and pain because you can't move forward from that place of hurt. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. And, you know, to forgive is even forgiving without that person asking for forgiveness. Like that man in the prison yes. didn't ask for the forgiveness. But by Father forgiving him, what ended up happening? There began a conversion in the man's heart to the point where he went to Father and begged for forgiveness, even though Father had already forgiven him. So you see... Even if you forgive someone who has wronged you, you are creating a conversion in their heart because you're showing them love and mercy. Yes. God's love and mercy. Amen. And, it, and, it, and if you take it back to Jesus Christ himself, right? Here he had been brut- brutally beaten, treated mm. the worst that anyone could ever be treated, scoffed at, mocked at, um, spat upon, pushed around scourged terribly and then stripped of all his clothes and nailed to a cross to die like a criminal and yet he said forgive them father for they know not what they do amen and he gives us that example right and now here's father Ubald giving us another very similar example Sim- yes and they and no one asked for forgiveness when jesus was on the cross no they did not no so it's very, it very important. And, and I know that you, you, know, you say that a lot of what Father Ubal preaches about is how the, the forgiveness is the secret of peace, right? And we're all seeking. Who doesn't want peace in their life? Amen. And, you know, forgiveness, like you said, it makes you free. It makes you free to be healed. It makes you free to find peace in your heart, Absolutely. peace in your families, peace from the chains of hatred and even fear. Exactly. It's such, God is the author of all miracles. He is the one who heals. But unless we open our hearts and prepare our hearts for him to come in, he can't visit us. He can't visit us unless we are free from those things that bind us. And like you said, an unforgiveness is so powerful. Yes. As, and more powerful is forgiveness when you forgive. Exactly. You are open to God's grace and to God's healing. Yeah, and, and I think one important point to make about all of this is that um, the enemy, you know, Satan, loves to keep us bound in this place of unforgiveness because, again, he's then in control of just fueling that anger, that woundedness, the dark thoughts, that with the rage, the bitterness, you know, all that ugliness that mm-hmm. is not of God is it's a trap that he helps to keep us bound in that. And so again, it, it is a battle, a spiritual battle often 
when we allow ourselves to be stuck in that place of darkness. Yes. And that's where God's mercy and love can set us free. It's the only thing that can set us free from that place. Amen. And and I think it's okay to say, you know, Jesus, help me. I'm really struggling forgiving this person. You know, there's so much abuse in the world, you know, and that's a, a, a heavy cross to carry. Absolutely. Um, and so, as, as, you know, Father, in Jesus' name, I forgive you, because without Jesus, it, it's impossible. It you is, need you need that special grace. It is impossible. And I, again, I hope the listeners are, you know, anyone who's out there who's listening and struggling with forgiving someone, you know, you keep thinking, well, I've tried. I've tried, and I just can't do it. Well, just keep giving this to the Lord. Go and lay it down at the foot of the cross and say, Lord, I cannot do this. But with your grace, all things are possible. Give Amen. me that grace of forgiveness. Amen. And he will. He absolutely will because he wants to set us free of this. Amen. And, the, and like I said, it doesn't mean to forget, but no. it means that you're ch- making a choice to start a new life. Amen. Yep. No, it's really, really important. Okay, so let's move on to the focus on five keys of meditation that Father Ubal usually sure. focuses on. So when he when he celebrates his Mass with healing prayers, which in uh, his home country, I mean, 15,000 people will show up that have been walking on foot for days oh just to receive um, to receive the Eucharist and to, to receive Jesus' healing touch. But oftentimes, Father will go through a meditation um, based on Neil Lozano's book, Unbound, which are sort of five doors or five keys that you must unlock on your heart so that Jesus can visit you freely. And so he walks through those um, during, during the Mass. And so the first key is the key of faith. And that's just considering all the ways that God has blessed you in your life and to give thanks for those things, all the blessings in your life from birth until now from your childhood until now, the parents that you were given, thanks be to God for them, your family, the gift of faith that you've received, the conversion, if you've had a conversion later in life, your children, your grandparents. I mean, there's so So many blessings in our life. So just to recognize those and take a moment to really feel the grace and the blessings and, and be filled with gratitude to our Lord for those. Amen. The second key, which is the most difficult one, is the one we've been talking about, forgiveness. That's really at the very heart of the healing. And that is to think of all those people that have wronged you or that you have felt you have been justly or unjustly wronged and forgive them without condition, forgive them. And then also to ask for forgiveness if there's anyone that you feel that you've hurt to ask for forgiveness. The third key is to renounce evil, to take away anything that binds you in your life. You know, there's so many evil spirits that can bind you. We talked about the spirit of unforgiveness, the spirit of pride, the spirit of anger, uh, sexual disorder, the spirit of addiction, of alcoholism. There are so many different evil spirits. And so to renounce those in the name of Jesus. And then also, and then the next, the fourth key is to make a decision for new life, to make a decision for new life with Jesus and to give praise to him. And then the fifth key is the blessing, is to open your heart to receive God's blessing and healing. So many times there, there's a spiritual healing that occurs before a healing, a physical healing can take place. Oh, because beautiful. Because the spiritual healing is, is the most important. Wonderful. So um, 
Regarding the, the decision to change your life, this is a tough one for a lot of us, right? And I, in my own personal conversion, um, when the Lord was, I felt the Lord kind of running after me, trying to get my attention, I kind of ran from him because I didn't want to change because I, I was having too much fun, you know, <laughs> making choices that weren't the best choices. And I kept thinking, well, I'm going to give up so much and I don't want to give that up, right? And yet, when I finally stopped running and I finally gave my life to the Lord. I, ha I have never looked back, and I thought, oh my gosh, I wish I had changed my life sooner, right? For sure. The, the, the joy and peace and love of Christ is unmatched by anything on, on this earth, right? Everything yes. that we thought felt good at, at one time or another is just so nothing. Compared it's overshadowed to it's by overshadowed His love. by His joy and love and hope. Yes. So if anybody is running, <laughs> stop <laughs> running and run to the Lord. Turn back Amen. to him because I'm telling you, you will never, ever regret it. Um, the other point, you know, faith. You know, now th some people do not have that gift of faith. And so, you know, if you do not have that gift of faith yet, it is a gift. Ask the Lord to give you that gift. He does want to bless us all with that gift of faith. Uh, but there may be some obstacles there to receiving it. Maybe you don't feel you're worthy of it. Whatever it is, trust that the Lord does want to give you that gift of faith and open your heart to it, to receive it. I agree. And I think that sometimes we can get so down on maybe what we don't have or the struggles that we have. And I think when we focus on gratitude and being grateful for all the beautiful gifts that we do have and then recognizing that God is the giver of all gifts yes, and that the blessings and gifts you have in your life are from God. It, it helps you to renew your faith in him. Exactly. And to renew, even with the crosses that you carry, the graces are so big. They are. They are. Um, so we'll, we'll definitely be praying for anyone who's listening right now who doesn't yet have that gift of faith. We'll pray that you receive that gift. Well, we're coming up to a commercial break, um, but don't go away because when we come back, Monique's going to share her own personal healing story, as well as some other information about Father Ubald and his growing healing ministry. Thanks. Hello, this is Jim Finnegan from Choose Life, Illinois, and also from American Nativity Seed. Catholic Radio, what a wonderful opportunity. I recently met someone that was talking about that, where the Holy Father actually asked him to do more in the way of radio work in this country. So there's no question when you can put turn the phone on or, or turn your radio on and hear all you need to know about what's going on in the Catholic community, it's powerful. Use it as often as you can. WSFI 88.5 FM Catholic Radio is committed to bringing quality Catholic programs to our local community. We only can do that with your financial support. Take a moment now to donate online 
at wsfiradio.org or mail your tax-deductible donation to WSFI 88.5 FM Catholic Radio, P.O. Box 885, Libertyville, Illinois 60048. That's WSFI 88.5 FM Catholic Radio, P.O. Box 885, Libertyville, Illinois 60048. Donations of any amount are greatly appreciated. Want an example of a false sense of security? How about relying on the life insurance you get through work to pay for all of your final expenses? Do you have plans to retire someday? Or do you plan on working for that company for the rest of your life? The fact is, you may lose your life insurance when you leave a company. I'm Matt Tomlinson from Catholic Financial Life, and I invite you to share your hopes and dreams with me. To discuss your options for protecting your family, call me at 847-548-MATT. That's 847-548-6288. Products and services not available in all states. Welcome back. Uh, For those of you who are just tuning in, uh, this is uh, Healing the Whole Person. My name is Letty Medina, and I have Monique Stevens in the studio with me. And Monique has just been sharing um, over the last half hour about her work with Father Ubald, a priest from Rwanda who has a growing healing ministry. And um, it's time for Monique to share how she got involved in this uh, ministry. Sure. So... uh about five years ago, I well to preface, I have a I had an allergy to the sun. I was allergic to the sun, so my skin couldn't really be in the sun at all, or I would get the hives and get really itchy. And there was really no medication other than a steroid to really take it away. And it especially affected my hands. I think just driving with my hands on the steering wheel and in the sun, um, it just affected my hands in a more prominent way and so I would even in the summer drive with gloves on my hands just to protect them to keep them out of the sun while driving and so having said that um, about five years ago a really good friend of mine Deirdre had called me and she said you know I'm not really sure if you know anything about the healing ministry but I just read that there's this priest from Africa that's going to be at the shrine of Our Lady of Good Help in Green in Wisconsin Champion Wisconsin And she had a sick daughter at the time, and she said, I don't know what you're doing tomorrow, but if you don't have any plans, would you like to ride with me up to Green Bay and pray for my, help me pray for my daughter, Katie? Beautiful. And by God's grace, I was like, I had no plans. I said, absolutely, let's road trip. Let's go up to Green Bay. I did not know Father's name. I knew nothing about him. It was just so providential. So we arrived at his Mass with Healing Prayers at the shrine, and he went through the five keys meditation that we just went over. And so during the homily, and so uh, everyone was very prayerful and going through the different meditation, um, the different keys to open your heart. And then at the end of Mass, he exposes the Blessed Sacrament because, after all, Jesus is the one who heals. And he processes with the monstrance throughout the congregation, praying for everyone there and praying for healing and asking, you know, Jesus to heal. When he's done... With the procession, he places Jesus on the altar, and then he reveals the words of knowledge that Jesus has revealed to him of what is being healed. Mm -hmm. He never really knows who is being healed, but what is being healed. Yes. So 
he went up and started revealing all these healings and there were there were spiritual healings but there were so many physical healings and i had never really been to a mass like that so and i couldn't believe all the physical healings one after the other i mean hiv being healed cancers being healed there was just so many parkinsons and i just remember being on my knees being blown away and looking at jesus in the monstrance and then looking at father the pulpit like i can't wow this is amazing Mm -hmm. and in that moment that he was revealing the healings i realized darn i didn't pray for my my, healing for me for my sun allergy i was so busy praying for katie and for my crazy kids that i forgot about my skin allergy so i looked at jesus in the monstrance in that moment and this was my prayer exactly like darn jesus i can't believe i forgot to pray for my sun allergy (laughs) And I just said, I'm going to give it to you now because nothing is impossible with you. You are never outdone in generosity. Amen. I'm going to give it to you. And I was a little bit sassy. And I said, and I'll know because it's so specific. <laughs> and in that moment that those words left my heart, Father stopped. And he kind of looked up in space. And then he looked down and said, and there's someone with an allergy to the sun. They get a rash <laughs> oh on their gosh. hands and it's really itchy. The Lord has healed you. Oh, praise God. <laughs> it was incredible. I mean, I just, I was in shock, mainly mainly because it was so fast. I'm like, wow, he can work really fast, <laughs> like, literally in the instant. I felt no, you know, so many times people feel heat throughout their body or they feel, I felt nothing. I was so busy praying for the others when he was doing the procession. Yes. Um, but even on the altar, you know, he just, in that moment, and I knew I was healed because it was so specific and I, yeah. I had just prayed you know for uh-huh. that healing and so you prayed boldly you know what I you did, prayed which boldly. is unlike me i don't know what God loves was a it. grace it was a grace because i'm usually not that way yes and so we drove home and i had my hands on the steering wheel the whole time in the sun and god is so good and, and now didn't you go up and share it i did so at the at the end father asked if you feel like you've been healed you know so many with cancer have to go back to their doctors and right and um to come up and proclaim it because really God heals us for others. Right. It's a witness, just like in the gospel when he's healing all those. It's not only for the person being healed, but so many times it's really for everyone who is exactly. in the vicinity to see yep. the power of God. And so of co- I practically did cartwheels up there, and I <laughs> was like, praise God. And, and so when I said my healing, everyone kind of gasped because it was so specific. Yes. You know? And I yes. was like, I've been healed. I know it. And Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Father. <laughs> and um, and so it was beautiful. How it was awesome. definitely life-changing. So when I got back to Chicago, I thought, I started feeling a little guilty. Like, how come I was healed? Right. Um, there were so many, you could tell, really sick people yes. that were there. And why me? Why was this healing? And so, you know, in praying about it, I heard, you know, the gifts God gives us are never for us. Right. They're for others. And so... I thought, okay, I would love to bring Father Ubal to Chicago area, to my parish. Beautiful. And share, and share God's healing power with everyone so they can witness and see too. Exactly. And so I called and figured out how to invite him, and I've been working with him ever since. How wonderful. So it's been such a beautiful privilege and gift. And it was, you know, to me, it's it's, um, because you have that servant's heart. 
you know, and you have that heart of love for other people and your, your desire to draw them closer to the Lord and Our Lady Amen. and the church. Um, I got to know Monique through um, a trip to Medjugorje uh, yes. a number of years ago, and that was a, a real blessing. I got to bring my our, my two older daughters on that trip with Monique, and we got to be friends during that time. Beautiful trip. It was. It was. And, you know, God is so good that he's like, oh, so you're willing to proclaim me by bringing this priest? Well, I, I'm going to bless you mightily for stepping out in faith, right? Like, that's what he does. He does. And I think that, um, you know, he wants to use all of us as instruments. He does. Whether it's to just even sharing today my, wit- my witness, my personal witness with you and um, to all those listening, whether it's to inviting people to a mass with healing prayers, exactly. whether it's inviting so- someone to come with you to adoration, just to sit in front of our Lord for 10 minutes. Uh, he's calling us and inviting us to be instruments and to help him. Exactly. We are his hands and feet. We are his hands and feet. And, you know, I'm a person who reaches out a lot to invite people. And I know half the time they think I'm nuts. (laughs) (laughs) That's true. And that's okay. (laughs) That's true. And even this story, sometimes, you know, I tell people because I can't contain it. And certainly, you know, there was a reason. And I think sometimes people don't believe me. I'm sure. I mean, you know, the people that don't know me or they think, no way, I'll, you know, I'll believe it when I see it. And I have to say, I'll just, if it's okay, share a brief another yes, healing with please. you. Uh, we were at a mass in Hammond, Indiana. A parish had invited him. And there was a family that came with their, I want to say she was eight years old, a, a daughter that was born with spina bifida. Okay. So she had, I don't know the medical term, but like a club foot. So a okay. foot completely turned in and she couldn't walk on her own. And she had braces on her legs. Mm-hmm. She was born deaf. She had a lot of bladder issues. There were a number of problems. Yes. And the mom had taken her to so many masses with healing prayers, Mm -hmm. she was discouraged. And for this particular mass, so she told us later on, her sister had invited her to this mass and she said, no, I, you know, we go and nothing happens. And the sister went to the kitchen and got a mustard seed and brought it to her and said, if you have the faith of a mustard seed, just come. And she threw the mustard seed on the floor, but she went. (laughs) She went with her daughter. And so during the, um, I think it was during the homily, I can't remember at what part of the mass, the daughter was asking to go use the restroom, which she typically doesn't do because she has bladder issues. And the mom was kind of dismissing her. And finally she was had to take her because the daughter was so agitated. And so she helped her walk her, her back to the back of the church. And she said while she was in the bathroom, there was this, like her feet started moving in a weird way, kind of straightening out. And when she came out of the bathroom, she heard her mom's voice for the first time. She had been born deaf. Oh and all of gosh. a sudden, you know, her mom's talking and signing and she can see, she can hear her. So they come running down. She comes, not running, walking fast. And she's staring at her feet because for the first time her feet were completely straight. Oh, and she had never seen her feet like that. Oh my gosh. And then the sister was there and she heard her sister's voice and the sister started crying and ultimately the father received a conversion as a result of God's grace on his daughter. (laughs) And so, you know, and all who witnessed. And so even myself, I help father in this ministry and it's such a blessing to witness all these healings and and to even experience my own healing. Even seeing all that, to personally witness such a beautiful healing right before your eyes and to see this little girl hear her mom's voice for the first time and to just 
have a grin from ear to ear staring at her feet so father called her up to the altar and she was just kept walking back and forth on the altar smiling and laughing she couldn't believe she could walk on her own and oh god you know his mercy is so great and his he wants to heal us thank you for sharing that beautiful story that's amazing Okay, so what about Father's work at the Center for the Secret of Peace? So he he felt called to, of course, um, help his people in Rwanda. So after the genocide, he began what they call what he called a Mushaka program, which was to bring together the victims of the genocide and the perpetrators to teach about forgiveness. So he purchased seventy-seven acres on a beautiful Lake Kivu, it kind of would be reminiscent of the Sea of Galilee almost. Mm. It's just really, really beautiful. Yeah. And so he is building a center for peace, sort of a retreat where Rwandans and now so many from all over the world are gathering there to come and find peace. And they're finding that there are many healings that mm. are occurring at the Secret of Peace Center. And so he's created sort of, um, there's different images of Our Lady, Our Lady of Cabejo for sure, and he has different walkways. So he has the Rosary Walk, he has the Stations of the Cross Walk, he has Our Lady of Sorrows because at Our Lady of Cabejo, um, in those apparitions she wept. Mm -hmm. And so um, Our Lady of Sorrows in that Rosary is very powerful for the Rwandans. And then he has, in the final turn, I think it's 21 steps, signifying the 21 steps that Jesus took to Pilate when he was condemned. And so people go up on their knees, kind of like the Santa Scala, Uh uh, go up on their knees, and instead of seeing Pilate in judgment at the top of the steps, he has a big merciful Jesus, a divine mercy Jesus, extending his hands down to you. How beautiful. It's so beautiful. And so there have been many healings there at the steps, and and, uh, they have on the 13th of each month, they have a mass for Our Lady of Fatima and priests, retired priests from all over the country come and hear confessions all night long before that mass on Fatima Day on the 13th. So many pilgrims, thousands and thousands come. So the priests have made themselves available to to give the sacraments before the mass and it's just so beautiful because the Rwandans really are suffering And, and as I said, it's not just the victims. It's the perpetrators because so many of them yes. were forced to kill. Yes. They didn't want to, but in order to save their own life, they killed. Right. And they're living with that heavy, heavy heart. So, right. uh, for example, Father Ubald's sister was a survivor, but she watched her baby and her husband be murdered. Yeah. And they thought she was dead as well. She ended up surviving, but you know, you live with that. Mm-hmm. And then her perpetrator has now, be, through the Mushaka program, has now come to her and asked for forgiveness for Beautiful. killing her husband and her child. And she is, by Father's example, forgiven. Praise God. Forgiven him. And so there's just, and that's through the Mushaka program. There have been three, 300 people, I think, that have graduated that have victims and perpetrators alike come together to How ask wonderful. for forgiveness. So it really is that something. That is a powerful witness yep. across, for the whole world to look at. It is, and I think that even though uh, in this country, uh, we haven't lived through a genocide. We can still learn from this program about forgiveness and forgiving yeah. victims and asking for forgiveness. So amazing. 
Have you been able to travel there yourself? I have not. Okay. I have not. Uh, I am so looking forward to one day being able to go. Absolutely. Um, but certainly he um, he shares a lot of pictures, and you can you know go to his website, which is fatherubald.com, F-R-U-B-A-L-D.com, and it will show pictures of, of the Secret of Peace Center and even, uh, you know, a mass that he's celebrated there and and just to, to see the beauty of it. Absolutely. One of the things that I want to emphasize that I heard you say is that when they have these big gatherings of, for bringing people to the Lord and healing services, um, the priests come from all over to offer the sacraments. And I just want to remind our listeners that the sacraments are healing, right? Because the sacraments mm-hmm. are a gift of Jesus himself, right? So if, if they're receiving the Eucharist, they're, they're receiving the divine physician who Amen. is the healer. And if they're receiving um, the sacrament of reconciliation or confession, they're also receiving tremendous healing through the confession of their sins and letting go of a lot of those wounds and you know the baggage that we tend to carry when we've made mistakes. They're laying it down at his feet and he's blessing them and flooding them with the, the grace of healing. Oh my gosh, imagine, I mean, he, so much he heals us every day imagine going to confession the healing after that when you're in a state of grace and you're yes your heart is free and those blocks are down it's if the if floodgates open the floodgates open exactly if people understood the power of these sacraments mm. they would be going much more regularly and i think people lose sight of the reality of the power of the of, of jesus in the sacraments it's too boring to go to mass or oh i don't want to say those things out loud to a priest but my goodness you're denying sure. yourself God's healing grace. For sure, for sure. And even, you know, it's funny because um, we talk about with our kids and going to Mass and maybe it's boring or the Sunday, you know, I, or I don't get anything out of it. I'd right. that priest, you know, it, I think if you go in with the mentality of I'm going to dedicate one hour to praise God and give thanks for everything he's given me in my life. Like you're not going to Mass for him. Right. For you. You're going for him. Right. So to love him. To love him and to praise him and to thank him. Yes. And then when I think when you go in with that in mind, it's a beautiful hour. It's a beautiful And you gift. get a thousand. And you get a thousand blessings. And then to go to confession, like you said, I think even making an appointment once a month, putting it in your calendar. Exactly. I'm just going to go to confession once a month, and I'm going to make that commitment It will change your year. life. It, it will, will change your life. Well, what about the documentary that he's he's making? So he does have a documentary out um, okay, called it's Forgiveness, c- The Secret of Peace, which beautiful. you could get online. Okay. And that documentary um, tells the stories of Father Ubald's teachings and the reconciliation and unforgiveness. And it also gives shows people in that Mushaka program that I told you about. So you'll see Straton, the man who killed his mother. Wow. You'll see them arm in arm laughing because now he evangelizes. In fact, when the man who killed his mother is now out of prison, when he was leaving the prison, the prison guards were saying to Father Upald, what are we going to do? He's converting the whole prison. Like We don't (laughs) want him to leave because his conversion, all he does is preach about you and the conversion and forgiveness. How beautiful. And so that's been his mission now in life and so he does evangelize with father ubald in rwanda and they go everywhere and um and so he's in the video as well but it gives you those personal witnesses of the victim and perpetrator coming together it's it's absolutely beautiful 
beautiful, beautiful witnesses. Oh, it's powerful, especially when there is so much anger and, you know, unforgiveness in the world. Um, I understand he also has a book. He does. He just finished his book uh, at the end of, of last year, so it's it's brand new, and it's called Forgiveness Makes You Free. And so uh, it's a beautiful, beautiful book that talks about the genocide. I would say the first chapters um, tell the story of the genocide and his experience, which I've shared a little bit with you. It goes into much more detail, and it really is um, a riveting story. But then it tells also about his ministry and I, even the last chapter is a speci- special message from Father to all the readers with prayer exercises to kind of guide the reader through helping to forgive. How beautiful. If you have unforgiveness. So it really is, you know, we didn't survive a genocide here, but certainly we all need to, to be able to forgive. And, yes. And it can be difficult for many. So uh, the book is a, it's a beautiful witness, but it also has prayer exercises and, and different meditations to help us get to that place where we're able to forgive. I'm looking forward to reading that book. And if people want to learn more about Father Ubald, where would you direct them? Say the website one more time. So the website is www.frubaldfatherubald.com. And you can get his documentary on his website. The book you can get as an, on his website and also on Amazon. Forgiveness Makes You Free is the name of the book. As well as his calendar. And his calendar. So uh, the next time he's in the Chicago area, which may be in March or in the fall, um, if you check his website, his calendar is is always current. Um, so if you don't see Chicago on there, that means that there are no plans as of yet. Um, but but he, we will post as soon as something c- comes up. And if you'd like to invite him to your parish, uh, you can also, there's a place, a link on his website where you can send an email and we will try to make that happen. Beautiful, beautiful. Um, One of the things that I've heard you say throughout this hour is that um, he has a great love for the Blessed Mother. And you and I have a great love for the Blessed Mother, right? So (laughs) like the fact that he received his own healing at Lourdes um, and he has Our Lady of Cabejo and I heard you say Fatima and like she's all over this. She is, she is. you know, he wears a, a very big, chunky, if you've never seen him, a very big wooden, chunky rosary at all times on his waist. And he, uh, he, we pray when we're going to Masses with Healing Prayers, we are always praying the rosary to wherever we're get going. Amen. If it's an hour, two hours, we're doing every, every mystery. Um, Beautiful. And then on the way home, we're always praying rosaries and thanksgiving. Well, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to emphasize the power of the rosary because that has been a life-changing um, prayer for, for my own journey of faith. And I have seen, wit- I have witnessed miracles through the prayer of the rosary. So any of you listening in, if you have not prayed the rosary recently, pick up the rosary and learn how to pray it. If you don't even know how to pray it, it's easy to find online how to pray the rosary. Um, Our Lady is always going to lead us back to the Lord, who is the one, the giver of all good gifts, the, the healer, our, our Savior, our Lord. He's everything. And you think about, you know, the miracle, the first miracle in the Bible, the wedding at Cana. Yes. And how, you know, he said to her, woman, I'm not ready. It's not my time. And she said, you know, go talk to the people. And sure enough, I mean, he, he never denies his mother. He adores her and he and has her. given us, you know, at the cross, he gave us to her. We are blessed to walk to, with as Mary. A mother. <laughs> so, 
definitely, you know, it, it's such a beautiful gift to be able to even um, ask her help Absolutely. to go to her son because we know that he can't deny her right. what she asks. <laughs> yeah. And then I heard you also say, you know, the Neil Lozano book and uh, Unbound. And I know that there, you know, people, there's a lot of people who need healing, right? I mean, we tend to be what I call the walking wounded. And um, there isn't one person walking on the face of this earth that, do that doesn't need some type of healing. Um, so I just want to encourage our listeners to really look into healing ministries in your area. You can usually find something in the surrounding area. Make sure it is based um, in, in a group that is solidly part of the church, um, because that can be risky if you go to groups that are not um, really working from the basis of the church itself. Mm -hmm. um, we, we need to know it comes from Jesus Christ, our Lord. <laughs> um, but healing is a beautiful thing that God wants to accomplish in our lives. And um, so don't be afraid to seek that kind of healing out. I agree. And, you know, our priests, so many of our priests are so readily available and familiar with this. And, you know, their hands are anointed and they can guide us in through prayer, through the sacraments, especially confession, and and can really lead us to, to a spiritual healing, which is the most important. Exactly. Uh, it is the most important. A lot of times at the masses, um, when people come up and give their witness, like I did, I did give my witness of a physical healing. But what we enjoy most are the healings you know I'm, I was able to forgive or I'm making a decision to leave Amen. the evil spirit of alcoholism Amen. those are the spiritual really healings powerful. that are powerful Monique thank you so much for coming and sharing this amazing story of healing and this work of Father Ubald God bless you thank in your you. work thank you for having me it's such an honor alright bye everyone have been listening to Healing the Whole Person on WSFI 88.5 FM Catholic Radio. For more information about this program or to purchase additional CD copies, please call us at 224-206-8455. That's 224-206-8455. Or visit us online at wsfiradio.org. Your faith has made you well. Go in peace and be healed of your disease.